0: Thank you. in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. It's me, your host Josh, and I'm excited to be back this week for another episode. Um, I wanted to start off this episode talking about something that's happening basically a month from today when I'm recording this, June 16th, 17th, and 18th in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh a lot of you will be here for the cousins reunion with the Katinas. And I just wanted to start off the show um letting you guys know how excited I am to, to to see a lot of you guys, to meet some of you for the first time, and be able to spend a few days just hanging out with people uh who have been so supportive and generous to my family and hopefully we'll be able to give back to you just a little bit what you give to us. So uh, just a little reminder that we're about a, a month away now from that, and I'll probably be starting off uh, each each weekly episode with just a little announcement and like a little countdown for that because I'm really excited about it, and I know it's going to be a great time, so I'll be praying for that, praying for safe travels for everyone who's, uh, who are traveling from far away or close by, um, and again, just so excited to see everyone and spend time with, with family, so that's that. And for today's episode, I'm very honored to have this guest. She is a second time guest, I believe. And um, there's not much that I can say uh, that it would really uh, do justice to to what she means to me. So I just want to go ahead and welcome her. My mother, Lori Katina. Mom, thanks for being here.
1: <coughs> Absolutely. You're welcome, Josh. Glad to be here.
0: I'm glad you came back. I remember <laughs> it was a long, it feels like a long time ago now because so much mm-hmm. has happened mm-hmm. from the first time we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um and I know you were a little nervous then, and you seem much more calm and polished <laughs> today. So I'm glad that you decided to come back.
1: I just didn't bring you your Starbucks. I just thought uh, of that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's Sorry, a, it's all good. It's it's a it's a little later in the day, so I'm trying. I'm actually trying not to drink caffeine too late in the day. My mom is wrestling with my dog. I don't know if the mic <laughs> if is picking. the mic it up, is but...
1: picking it up, I just love my little granddog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is. Uh, He's not a physical touch is his love language, Mm -hmm. I think. But mom, again, thank you for being here. And, um, you know, I, I get excited whenever I have a a returning guest because it's a little less preparation for me because I don't have to prepare three questions. There's only one question that I ask returning guests. And um, it's what this podcast is all about. And that's because the podcast is all about the guests. And so I want you to answer it however you'd like to. It's very open-ended. There's no right or wrong answers. But the question is simply this. What's going on at home?
1: (laughs) What's going on at home? Well, I just had a whirlwind of a week um, with... I traveled a little bit with Dad this uh, past weekend. We went out to California, real quick trip. Came home, but prior to that, um, my high school friend came into town, and we spent a few days uh, seeing the sights and sounds of Nashville. And let me tell you, if you're coming for the reunion, I can tell you where to park. I can <laughs> tell you tell you where to walk. I can tell you where to go. And Nashville has really, really changed. Um, downtown has. Um, I've at one point I looked at Dad and said, "Man, I feel like I'm in New York City." So it was fun, but um, no, I spent some time uh, doing all the Nashville scene and uh, catching up with her. And then on top of that, I'm still working, and um, yeah, just just adjusting still to uh, the emptiness. Dad and I are kind of getting into a rhythm, and I'm spending time with my granddog mm-hmm. as he's all over me tonight. Aren't you, Roscoe? He's a great dog. I just love him so.
0: He loves he loves his <laughs> grandma.
1: He was like mauling me earlier, and I'm like, okay, how is this gonna work out? So if you hear something clanging, it's just
0: his little collar. So, um, so well, thanks for giving us the update. Sure. Do you remember when the first time you came to record was? Was it like well, July? Well, it was before
1: you got married. It was in your apartment. <sighs> june maybe
0: okay so summer of last year it's been almost a year yeah
1: yeah about a year
0: well a lot has happened since then um a lot has i'm no longer in that apartment Mm -hmm. uh i got married Mm -hmm. eli and amelia celebrated a year of marriage we got dogs Mm -hmm. um i want to start there so i just want to hear your perspective um going back to August of last year, having your, going through your second wedding as a parent, what was that like?
1: You know, it's interesting because I felt like I was more prepared for your wedding than I was for Eli's. Um, it was one of the best days ever. And I think it's because I really had the perspective of, I was not losing a son, but I was gaining a daughter but I also was just so thankful and grateful that you, as my son, found such an amazing girl to spend your life, your life with, and so um, that brought so much joy. I don't even think I shed a tear mm. that day because it was just, it was just a beautiful day. I mean, as a mom. To see your son pick a, a woman to spend his life with, and to be happy, and to just take it all in—it was just—it was—it was wonderful. It was yeah. a great day.
0: Yeah, well, it really was a great day, and you made—you were a big part of that, mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking back now to that time, and I think we might have—we must have recorded our our podcast earlier than June, because maybe even May. Yeah, because I was the may before so I got married in August. In May I moved back home with you and dad. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so oh. So I was living with I was living back at home with you guys before the wedding. Yes. Um up until literally the day before the wedding. That was my right. last day living at home with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then we got married went on the honeymoon and then I came back and I wasn't at the I didn't come back to the house. I went nope. to a different place.
1: You came and picked up and I appreciated Alexis about this, but you came and picked up all your bins of all your stuff and I said you have your own home now. Here's your bins. Take them and go. You can burn them or you can save them, whatever you want, but our home's not a storage unit. It is now you take it to
0: your home. Yeah, so You had, you and dad had kind of had like small spurts of like being empty nesters Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. Eli moved out of the house and I was in college, Mm -hmm. you guys were doing that. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to the apartment, you were again, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now after the wedding, Mm -hmm. um, it's, that's how, that's, that's it. That was when it started. Yeah. So what's that been like?
1: The real empty nest. It has felt very empty at times. Um, it's been very quiet at times. Um, but it's also been, I, you know, I would I would not be telling the truth if I said that. Oh, it was easy. It was been a walk in the park, and it's been all grand and fun. Um, it has been an adjustment uh, for Dad and I, letting go. Um, but it's been good. We've had lots of conversations. I think, I don't know if dad shared this on the podcast or not, but one thing that we realized is how with you and Eli living at home, that became, our lives were so much involved in your guys' lives that that became a distraction to anything that might've been an issue between dad and I. Mm. So now dad and I, I mean, You can't just sweep things under the carpet and go, well, okay, off to a football game or off to go visit you at college. Or you have to face it and deal with it and talk with it. So, Dad and I have put some, set some routines up just about connecting. Either it be early in the morning, um, talking, or a lot of times we, at nighttime, we will shut the lights off, burn a candle, and just kind of regroup about what has our day been like or what has our week been like, especially if we've had a busy week kind of missing each other, coming and going. I think for myself, um, learning to take time for myself, learning to be okay to go do things with friends Mm -hmm. and not just with dad and you and Eli. And, And that's been an adjustment for me because I think because I'm naturally kind of a caretaker, And so it's hard for me to be away from home for a long period of time, Um, but I'm learning to uh, be okay with that. And um, so it's, things are starting, we're getting into a rhythm, things are starting to kind of smooth out, but you know, it's been what, almost 10 months. Mm. So it's not something for us, it wasn't something that we just flip the switch and, oh, now we're empty nesters. You know, it, it, it's taken some adjustment for
0: yeah. us. I remember when I had Auntie Kathy on the podcast mm-hmm. a while ago, mm-hmm. she kind of talked about it because her and Uncle Yeti mm-hmm. are in a similar season to mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. and just the adjustment for her and Uncle Yeti. And mm-hmm. I remember she said, I don't remember her exact words, but it was something along the lines of, it almost feels like we're newlyweds again. Like we're having to relearn each other and, yeah and, um, you know, like you said, there's not really any distractions from each other. And so she's just learning new things about Uncle Mm -hmm. and or relearning things about him. And I'm sure, are you and dad experiencing that as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Learning. um, I think things earlier on in our marriage, it was probably still things that we did earlier on, but because everything was so new and exciting, because you know we moved here six weeks after we got married. We moved to Nashville, so there was lots of changes, lots of adjustments going on. Um, but now, you know, thirty years later after marriage, or twenty-nine years, you know, realizing we're still the same people.
2: Yeah.
1: Going back to oh, he did that twenty-nine years ago, or she did that twenty-nine years ago. However, I will say. I think Dad and I have changed a lot. We've grown a lot. Thank God from 29 years ago. Yeah. So you know, you just you're relearning things, but you're almost um, you're handling things in a completely different way because you have years under your belt of life.
0: Yeah. I um so recently you and I and um, Alexis and Amelia and Eli. Uh, and Dad got to sit down, and Dad shared with us a recording mm. of um his mom's voice mm-hmm. and I had never heard her voice before mm-hmm. um I don't think you had either uh-uh, I had not um and I really it was a very special thing for me to get to hear that mm-hmm. and what also was really special for me was getting to hear Dad's voice. Oh, on um, the tape, yeah, yeah. Because Dad, it was Dad and all the uncles. They were on a phone call with her, right. and they, right? Uh, however long ago that was, they had the. Mm-hmm. They wanted to record it, and I so think thank, it was
1: in 1987.
0: Wow, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't know the math on that, but a, <laughs> a long, long time, time ago, <laughs> um, they decided to record it, and all those years later from. 87 to 2022, that tape resurfaced and I got to hear mm. my dad's voice, my uncle's voices, mm-hmm. my grandmother's voice. Mm. And, you know, it was really s- surreal mm-hmm. to hear my dad's voice. And I wonder if you felt this way too, because my dad said he would have been 17 or 18 mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And I hear his voice coming through the tape. Mm-hmm and i know his voice mm-hmm. it sounds like him but there's also because i know um a, a bit about the life of his, that he lived after that recording right there was some things missing from his voice to me um hmm. and i and i think it's just it's interesting to like think back cuz i've always wondered like what was my dad what was my mom like when they were my age mm. and i finally got to hear I got to hear my dad's voice when he was 17. He's Mm -hmm. much younger than I am now. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why listening to that part of it was like heartbreaking to me because Mm -hmm. listening to him talk to his mom, Mm -hmm. knowing what came afterwards, that was sad to me. Mm -hmm. But another part of it was was beautiful to me because Mm -hmm. I know who he is today and all of the things that he's overcome. Mm -hmm. all the things he's accomplished, Mm -hmm. Um, and I just felt like I was a little closer, like I knew him just a little bit better after Mm -hmm. hearing that. Did you feel that at all? Mm -hmm.
1: I felt like I knew Grandma CI after that tape. To me, your dad sounded the same as he did back when he was when we were dating, and he would be somewhere on the road, and he would find a, a payphone, and call me. His voice sounded still the same, and it still sounds the same to me today. But I think the thing that um, I I totally agree with you. The sadness of you know, Daddy always is a is a positive person, and I could hear his positivity and his hopefulness. In his voice, talking to his mom, and even she was very positive. I remember one part where she said, "I'm doing really good now,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, that was just her faith and mm-hmm. her hope. Um, I think the thing that I learned from it, and I, I literally, dad came out. I was sitting out reading, sitting outside, and he came out crying, and he he just he looked like something awful had happened, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" And he said, "Listen to this." And he started playing it for me, and I just sobbed listening to it because I've heard all the stories about Grandma C.I. and I've um, I've heard how she loved other people and how she was very nurturing and very caring and concerned and a, a doer and a server and and I could hear all of that in her voice, in that little recording, as broken up as it was. um, I could hear her, her mother concern about her youngest child, was he gaining weight, you know, or about did one of the kids cut the grass, or did they take their shower, or just that mom, and it was about others also you know, how's the church? How's how's Debbie doing? Just yeah. She was so concerned about everybody else asking about them. She never once complained or said anything about her own, what she was going through, which was battling cancer. But I've heard so many stories of her, and I just felt like these stories came to life. And I felt like, man, I, I have a relationship with my husband's mother through His brothers and just the family members. So it was really, it was really a cool, surreal, for me, that's what's surreal, um,
0: hearing her voice. Yeah. And in the conversation, uh, dad is telling grandma, You sound real strong. You sound real strong. Yeah. And Mm. to me, it sounded like, it was almost like my dad wasn't really saying that as much for her as he was for him. Yeah. I think he was trying to, yes. And I can, I can only imagine what mm. a 17 year old is, is feeling and mm. the things you're hoping your mom gets better. Mm-hmm. You're trying to mm-hmm. have faith and mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to say things to, yeah, for yourself even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a special thing to share with that mm-hmm. was getting to hear that and
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: hear my grandma. Mm hmm. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your own mom. Mm -hmm. Um, She went to heaven recently. Mm -hmm. And I think I shared that on our podcast last week with Auntie Pele, but I didn't talk much about it. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, um, how are you doing in your grief and and mourning gam? I call her gammer for Mm -hmm. our listeners. Mm -hmm. How has that been for you?
1: Oh, I would have to say it's been bittersweet. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: My heart is grateful and thankful that my mom is healthy and whole and healed. But there still is a sadness of things that I wish could have gone differently they didn't and i'm i'm just making the most and making the best of the great memories that i've had of had of my mom um but all in all i feel like i'm doing well um i'm going to be very vulnerable mm-hmm. um because you don't even know this um but i chose to go to counseling, a grief counselor, um, just to help me navigate through some things. I felt some anger and some heavy sadness. And so I'm just kind of working through that. Um, and it's all been good. Um, and again, I, 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 and I, like I say, I guess I'm being vulnerable. I'm a, I'm a pretty honest, transparent person. But I just felt like I wanted to be able to grieve healthily, and I didn't want things to come out sideways. So I opted to go through um, uh, just to go see a counselor. And she's been really, really sweet and really good. And um, so it's been good. That part has been good.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that, first of all, I'm really glad that you're choosing to take that avenue. Thank you. um, I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. You know, I think grief... I'm not an expert, um, but I just think grief is such an important part of the human experience. Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's a reason why humans feel grief Mm -hmm. and when you lose someone or something Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you grieve I think that that is your body and your spirit's way of kind of purging Mm -hmm. the pain absolutely and it's a it's often not a fun process Mm -mm. I mean, when I think of purging, I' sorry to be gross, but I think of vomiting, yeah, yeah. which isn't fun, yeah. Right. But if you've ever gone through it, mm-hmm. usually you feel better better afterwards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think grief is the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you lose your mother, mm-hmm. you've never lost a, a parent before. She no, your no. So my dad, still alive.
1: Mm-hmm. my dad is still living. He's eighty seven. And I think my heart really grieves for him, for his loss. They were married. It would have been 67 years this August. And he will send me texts. And um, yeah, I would love for him to talk to somebody, but he's not ready to. And he just, and again, you know, 87, um, they're going to do what they want to do. And... I just wish he would talk with somebody to help him understand that this grieving, this crying, this process is part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. And I keep trying to explain that to him, but he's like, this isn't helping. This isn't good. But then there's times where he will say, I cried today and it felt good. And I just say, dad, I'm so, I'm so glad that you allowed yourself to do
0: that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think about Pa Lai and the reason so the reason I asked I talked about how this is your first parent that you've lost. Right. Dad lost his mom when he was 18. Right? Or 17. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dad. My yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that was you lost your mother much later in life. 57. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that it's strange that no matter where you are at in life, when Mm -hmm. you lose your mother, it's, Mm -hmm. it's still your mother. Sure. Absolutely. I think there's a part of the child that comes out Mm -hmm. through that. Mm, That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How has it been having dad with you through this, being able to lean on someone who has already lost his his Mm -hmm. mother?
1: Well, you know, dad is just my rock as it is through anything that I go through. Um, he has been a great listener. He has validated how I, has, I have felt. He has given me space to... Um, just to kind of feel what you got to feel. Um, he's been... he, Yeah, Dad's just been solid for me. Yeah, um, He hasn't compared stories. You know, he hasn't said, well, I did this or you should do that. He's just let me do what I need to do to get through the grieving process. Um, so yeah.
0: Has losing gam changed the way that you look at death?
1: Oh, absolutely. In a great way. How so? Heaven has gotten so much sweeter. I just feel like it has become more closer to my heart. Um, I think because in my mind, the day that she passed, knowing all that she had been through, you know, of nine months laying in a hospice bed at home and my brother taking care of her brother and dad 24-7, no quality of life. And I just knew that the day that she took her last breath, she was living life to the fullest. Mm. And that brought so much joy, peace, and excitement to me, but it also just made heaven so much sweeter. Now, Mm. if I was 18, I don't know if I could say that Mm. because there's so much more life to live. But at 57, no, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. Heaven just seems so much sweeter knowing that my mom is there knowing that my mother-in-law is there knowing that I've got friends who passed at a young age that are there it just became more of a reality to me not just this oh yeah someday we're going to die and go to heaven it just became more very
0: personal yeah.
1: very very real
0: are you are you afraid of dying no No,
1: I'm really not. Again, at 57, Mm -hmm. if I was 18, I probably would just, I I think I probably would have grieved a totally different way, a lot of fear-based. But at 57, am I afraid to die? No. I mean, that's what my faith is all about is, is I, I tell myself and I've told other people, we are just passing through. The world that we live in right now is not the same world that I grew up in. But again, I remind myself, I am just passing through here. There is life after
0: life here on earth. That's good, Mom. You know, I don't know why, but probably when I was 16 or 17, I'm trying to remember. I think there was... uh, there was, in in my school, or school district, there was a kid who died who was my age at that time. Um, and, you know, it was really a sobering moment for me. I didn't know him personally, mm-hmm. but I knew kids who did know him, and I had seen him at, you know, football games mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just realizing that someone who... Was like me, my age, mm-hmm. who grew up where I grew up, mm-hmm. was gone now. Mm-hmm. Was very uh, difficult for me and mm-hmm. sobering for me. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I feel like it really changed my perception of death. Mm-hmm. Where, because I, at that moment, I was scared. I mm-hmm. was scared of death. It it was. Mm-hmm. It became so real to me. Like wow, sure, I could die any day mm mm-hmm. and i think i started thinking about death a lot mm-hmm. at that time and i still think about death a lot mm-hmm. and at 25 i'm gonna be 26 next month i mm-hmm. i think about it often and through the years of just you know i've known more people who have passed and um i recently lost my grandmother and that mm-hmm. was another uh mm-hmm. appointment with death that i had and mm-hmm you know, I think I'm less afraid of it now than Mm -hmm. I was back then. Mm -hmm. Um, there's still parts of it that do scare me, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think most of it is just the unknown, but I've said this on, on past podcasts, past episodes, and I think I've shared it with, I've probably shared it with you guys, but there's this saying, uh, memento mori. It's an old Latin phrase that means remember death or remember Mm -hmm. one day you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And, that phrase has been an important thing for me mm-hmm. um, because I think that if you remember that death is coming, mm-hmm. it helps you to live life better. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the knowing that our time here on earth is not infinite mm-hmm. is one of if not the greatest motivating factor in life, at least Mm -hmm. for me, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: that and, and love.
2: Sure.
0: Those two things. Mm -hmm. And just living, living a life that is, that we know is temporary. Um, and being reminded of it when people who are close to us Mm -hmm. meet death, Mm -hmm. uh, that's an important part of life, Mm -hmm. an important thing to remember. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that GAMS death has done for me. And, Um, it's just a reminder that uh, remember death comes, and mm-hmm. so live live mm-hmm. live fully today. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think too, for you and Eli, in your high school years, you both experienced death
2: a lot,
1: way more than what I did as a kid in high school. I felt like there was just always something. in fact, for a season there, for that one year, it was like, here in Williamson County, I felt like every month okay. there was a death in a high school and you either knew the person or knew of the person. And that just, it, it crushed me as a mom that I couldn't protect you guys from experiencing death at a young age. Um, however, now at 57, and maybe you can learn something from this through your life, is that that i even through covid us losing the friends and family that we lost in that short period of time i have learned to you got to live life to the fullest don't be mediocre like last weekend i wasn't sure if i wanted to go with dad or not to san diego and then i thought why not this may be this might be my last chance mm-hmm. to be with your dad and i had to just get out of my comfort zone and go, no, I'm going to suck this up and go for 48 hours. It's going to be great. Live life to the fullest. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you that I think death um, kind of awakens your life here on earth. Yeah. You know.
0: Totally agree, Mom. Thanks for talking with me about sure. GAM. And
1: absolutely.
0: I want to move on to another question. And I was, I've been thinking about this lately. And I think that I want to start asking my guests this question more often and it's about the pandemic because mm-hmm. you know if you ask anyone, at least in America, about mm-hmm. where were you when the pandemic started, what yeah. were you doing? Everyone know, everyone remembers sure. where they were March twenty twenty. Sure.
1: Um, <laughs> we weren't anywhere but home. <laughs> yeah there
0: was a there was a starting point for the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't really feel like there was ever like. No one ever came out and said, Hey guys, the pandemic's over. Right. Maybe people have said it, but there's always been other people right. saying, No, it's not over. Right. And I don't know if it's over or not. I'm right. not here to talk about that. But right. I do think that the last two plus years now mm-hmm. obviously are some of the most unique years anyone li- mm-hmm. alive today has lived. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's important for us to spend time reflecting on what the pandemic was and who we were during the pandemic mm-hmm. and who we became through it. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask you from March 2020 till now, mm-hmm. through the pandemic, through all the things that happened, what what are you taking away from it? What have you learned from it?
1: Well, I don't want to offend anybody, but I do feel like Fear sucks the life out of you.
2: Mm.
1: I feel like there, I, the pandemic was real. Mm-hmm. The virus was real. We experienced it ourselves. We unfortunately lost um, friends and family to it. Um, I, but I, I, I never personally, I was never afraid of it. I didn't like how, um, I didn't care for how, how the response was, but at first, at first I was, at first I was fearful because it was the fear of the unknown. What is, what's a pandemic? Mm -hmm. What is this? You know, the mayor comes out and says, everything needs to be shut down. We need to do our part for a week. Mm -hmm. And I remember canceling all my clients' appointments And then they were extending it and extending it. And then they were saying, well, only if you are, um, what's the word?
0: Essential. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And at that point, I'm like, I am essential (laughs) for our family because dad and uncle said 75 shows canceled. Yeah. So I can honestly say I, I continued working. Of course, I work out of my home. Um, and I welcomed people in my home. I, um, I never, I never was fearful of it. Oops, hit that. Um, I never was fearful of it. Um, and I think the thing that it has made me, it was an eye opener to me that we're really not in control as much as we think we're in control of life or death.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I just wanted to ask you that because, I think the way that covid changed our world you know so much loss came from it mm-hmm. so much loss of life mm-hmm. loss of you know livelihoods mm-hmm. um so much loss it would be a shame if mm-hmm. we can't take anything we can't say we learned anything mm-hmm. from it anything positive and mm-hmm. you know this mm-hmm. podcast itself kind of it has roots in the p- pandemic that mm-hmm. was part of the reason why we mm-hmm. started the podcast mm-hmm. was because like you said, mm-hmm. Dad and the uncles had shows canceled mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were at home and mm-hmm. we needed content to give to people. And so the I, I, I started this during the pandemic.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And Motivation Monday
0: yeah.
1: came out of um, the pandemic. And for those that don't know what Motivation Monday is, Joe and I, we started walking every day and every night during the pandemic. And I remember saying to him, I think there's so much uncertainty. There's so much confusion. I think people just need, they need a word of encouragement just to say, we're all in this together. You're not alone, no matter where you lived. And so dad and I would be out walking and we would just do FaceTime live. I mean, thank God for technology. And so we did FaceTime live and we just, hey, what's going on? How are people doing? Just trying to encourage people. And that has grown into motivation Monday with Joe and Lori on Facebook live anywhere between six and seven o'clock central time, Yeah, you know? And so that got me somewhat out of my comfort zone, having to be on a camera. Um, and now I'm stand- sitting behind a mic talking mm-hmm. about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so it's, that's come of it too. So
0: yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit. This is partially about the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. other things as well. For someone like me or Alexis or Eli, Amelia in our early twenties, I guess I'm about to be entering Mm -hmm. my late Mm twenties. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But, um, (laughs) you know, we're still in like a very, we're in a phase of our life where we're still trying to establish ourselves and build the lives that we want to live. And, I think a lot of people our age kind of feel like we can't catch a break. Mm. Just the fact that you know, my wife Alexis, she didn't get a graduation; she graduated into a pandemic, Mm -hmm. and you know now. I don't know how much you watch the news. I probably watch it too much, but I don't watch hearing (laughs) about. I know you feel the inflation that is going on in the country and Mm -hmm. the air quote experts say that a Mm -hmm. recession is coming and Mm -hmm. you know i find myself feeling fighting feeling discouraged about
2: Mm.
0: these early years of like my adulthood Mm -hmm. i feel like part of me feels like they're being stolen from me or like Mm -hmm. and and i try not to I don't want to sound like I'm throwing myself a pity party or anything, but Mm -hmm. just being honest with you, that is how it feels sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask you someone who's lived through your early Mm -hmm. twenties and, Mm -hmm. um, you've built your life and you're still building your life, but Mm -hmm. you've been through this season of life that me and my wife Mm -hmm. are in. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear a word of encouragement from you.
1: (laughs) You're going to make it. Honestly, you're going to make it. Um, I do, and I don't want to be your mother right now, but as I would say this to a peer or anyone, I would, I would uh, monitor how much you're reading and how much you're listening to. And we've heard that said before. But you're going to make it through. Um, don't allow the outside world to influence your world right now. You and Alexis are doing great. You both have great jobs you both have a great place to live you have a roof over your house uh, or a roof over your head um you're going to face hard times dad and i faced hard times yeah you know i remember back when i was your age and having babies and i'm like how am i going to get formula to feed my child um because that was a lot of money and diapers on top of that And you just get creative. I sold your baby clothes. And I got a check written to me right then and there. I took it. I drove. We lived in Nashville. I drove to Franklin to a kid's consignment shop. And I was so excited because they cut me a check right then and there. I had to say goodbye to my kids' baby clothes in order to buy formula. Hmm. And I think you become creative. You make things you just you just make it work. Um, you can get by on a lot less than what you think you can. Um, and again, I think you and I were talking about this the other day when you said something about the recession in two thousand eight, how it was really a bad recession.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can honestly say, I don't I don't remember it being bad or hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I set a budget. When I remember when gas was almost five dollars a gallon during that time, I put fifty bucks in my SUV, and I did not have an eco- economical car. But I was always able to make it on that fifty bucks every two weeks. Now again, I'm not commuting back and forth like you are to work and stuff, but um, it just it just worked out. And I really, really the other thing that I think of is. You know, the Bible says some trust in chariots and some trust in um, horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. And I can honestly say that I have stood on not only that verse, but my life verse of trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. God's going to provide for you. God is going to take care of you. In the craziest things, when you're going to think, how are we going to do this? It just works out. Mm. So that would be my word of encouragement to you is you're going to make it. You're going to go through some hard times, but you have friends and family. You're not out there alone. You have people surrounding you, and it it just works out.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Mom. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, it does. it does. I hope. I don't. Wanna, I don't want anyone to get it. To, I don't. I'm not glued to the TV. And when I say I listen to the news, right? I'm not. Uh, I'm not like watching like the news every night before I go right. to bed. But I just see stuff right. on. Right. And it's just discouraging to me. Sure. And so. You know, I also work in finance. And so I pay attention every day to what the markets are doing. Right. And it's been a rough few months now. And so that kind of scares me. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's just scary to me. And so
1: I guess I have on that note, I have, you know, because being self-employed, dad and I are both self-employed. So we have to do our own retirement. Yeah. And I hear people saying, boy, the stock market's plummeting. I don't even look at it Mm -hmm. because I have to trust and believe that it's all going to bounce back at some day. I'm not ready to retire yet. Thank God. So,
0: yeah. Well, when that day comes, I'm going to be really happy for (laughs) you. (laughs) I do want to ask you this. Do you ever remember a time in, in the world that was crazier than the pandemic? Like the last two years?
1: Uh, um, 9-11 9-11 was uncertain. Yeah. That was your first day of kindergarten. And I remember uncertain of, do I take my son to school? Do I keep him home? That w- that had to be, that was really eerie to me, yeah. that time was. Because we were driving you to school and literally I felt like planes were falling out of the sky because President Bush at the time grounded all flights yeah. immediately and I remember get, taking you to school and asking this teacher, this is your first day saying, Do I leave him or do I go? And she said, No, leave him here. He, he'll be fine. You know. And then it just, it was eerie because our house where we lived, it was the, the air traffic was right over our house. So I would walk out at nighttime, dead silent. Mm. It was just, that was eerie. And then once dad traveled, which would have been that following week, the airport empty yeah it was weird yeah so that that's that's the closest that's the closest that I can think of right yeah, now I heard
0: someone asking that question and 9-11 was a common answer mm-hmm. um, for people who were alive back then I, I, you weren't and I wasn't but pe- they mm-hmm. say uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis back in the 60s I guess was okay was I wouldn't have known that. Something yeah. like that, and but it's rare what we've yeah. been through, what we've lived through. There's not that many.
1: I actually asked Pa when the pandemic started. Do you remember anything like this ever in your life? And he said, "I want to say World War Two, maybe." Yeah, it would have been two for him. One of those. Yeah. He didn't elaborate, you know, on what it was for him, but.
0: Yeah. Well there's the the list of things that are have been like the last mm-hmm. 2 years it's not a very long list no, so no no um i just think it's important to that we remember it and
2: mm-hmm. um
0: as we continue to recover mm-hmm. um try mm-hmm. and learn what we can from it and yeah um we have a little bit of time left mom sure. and i just want to ask you now um at 57 mm-hmm. you know We don't know. You don't know how many more years you have left. Mm -hmm. I'm believing you have lots. Mm I hope so. Um, But I want to ask you, what do you hope the rest of your life looks like? What's your dream now that it's just you and dad at the house? What are you looking forward to in life?
1: I am looking forward to, and I'm kind of on this journey too. I feel like I've been on a health journey though my whole life. But I'm really trying to focus in on um, loving myself where I'm at right now. Working on getting healthy, meaning, um, like I li- I love to play pickleball mm. a couple times a week. Um, I want to be the best me that I can be for my kids and my grandkids. Mm. I look forward to grandkids. Um, I don't. I don't ever want to pressure you kids to hurry up and give me grandkids because I really do enjoy my granddogs. (laughs) (laughs) Maya and Roscoe, they're just so sweet. I enjoy that, but I do look forward to having little kids running around, being able almost to have a second chance of being a mom and doing things differently than what I did with you and Eli because I've learned some things from the past. I think I will be more relaxed. I hope I'm not wound tight. I think as a mom, sometimes I was probably wound tight. I do regret that, but it is what it is and it was what it was. I can now learn from it and move forward. Um, But I look forward to that. I look forward to traveling with dad more. I I look forward to dad and I taking some trips alone. Just something different. We're trying to do better. At... Where would you
0: Where would you like to go?
1: <laughs> How'd I know you'd ask me that? Um, where would I like to go? I think it would be fun to go on some Caribbean trip where it's blue water, blue green water all over, and you're in one of those huts that's out kind of over the ocean, yeah, isolated from everybody. At times, I think about. It'd be fun to go to Europe, but dad and I just aren't adventurous enough. <laughs> We're like, where do we go? What should we do? We would need a tour guide. Mm. And I don't think I, I don't know if I want to get on a tour bus with a bunch of people.
0: Hey. Well, we have so. listeners in Europe, believe really? it or not. Yeah. Ooh, All over Europe. So uh-oh. if you're listening from Europe, maybe send my mom a suggest- Tell her to come to your home country. Yeah. And, or tell her not to come if she should. Yeah, but,
1: exactly.
0: Um, well that's great mom. Sorry so, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. I just wanted no. to No.
1: But um, I see pictures of that. You know how sometimes on screensavers like on your TV or whatever and it's some remote Yeah. I don't want to go to not Samoa. Now Joe, dad has talked about taking me to Western Samoa, what mm-hmm. I've known as Western Samoa. That that's supposed to be just really beautiful. Have you ever been there?
0: To no, Western? No, I haven't.
1: Okay. Um but something like that just just alone
0: just
1: yeah.
0: yeah you know so everyone knows i'm a i'm a big laker fan along with the katinas <laughs> and lebron james who plays for the lakers every year after the season is over he takes like a whole month vacation with his family wow. and he went to uh tahiti which oh, is oh, where yeah, they have those yeah. like little bungalows over the water Bungalow, like crystal clue yes. yes. crystal blue water yeah and, Um, so I saw, he posted a video that looked amazing. Wow. So you're trying to vacation like LeBron, mom. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't
1: have LeBron's budget. So.
0: Well, I was actually talking to Alexis. We were thinking, I bet. LeBron probably got paid just to post that he was there because millions. He he has over a hundred million followers on Instagram, I think, or something like oh, that. I bet so, he got some good. Perks. Yeah, he might have yeah. gotten some <laughs> a, a discount for just
2: for
1: that
0: advertising. But.
1: Wow! Yeah, free advertisement.
0: Wow. Well, mom. That's good. Thank you for your time and thanks just You're for welcome. being so honest and vulnerable. And mm. I really enjoy getting to sit and talk with you and. Not just for the podcast, but for our, our relationship Absolutely. Um, itself. I think it's really special that I have a mom that mm-hmm. uh, I can talk with like this. For mm-hmm. we could go for another hour if we wanted, but mm-hmm. I love You know, Josh.
1: You. One thing I appreciate about you doing this podcast is you make it so easy, and you make everyone feel so comfortable. And I love how you can talk about different things, and you make it just so easy and real. So thank you for trusting me to be behind the mic, but also thank you for leading a conversation that is a conversation just of honesty, and hopefully the listeners can Take something home with them, but I have to say, I applaud you for being so faithful at doing this podcast every week and just allowing people to be feel comfortable and to be honest. So I appreciate you.
0: Thank you, mom. I appreciate you. It's it's easy to host when you have good guests like you so thank you so much and you're welcome i love you and I love looking you. forward to the next time
1: yeah maybe a year from now yeah, maybe year.
0: <laughs> to those of you listening thank you for tuning in we'll be back with more episodes soon have a great day